I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Okay, this is the last part, part four in a series about understanding relationships. I started with talking about attachment, so you can go back a few weeks and check that out. Today, I want to talk about examining motives and attitudes of other people. So in everyday relationships, we face the challenge of understanding the purpose and effect of people's behavior. We try to figure out the intentions of other persons. We are often asking ourselves, why did that person do that? Often, the answer to that next question involves understanding their motives. A motive is an emotion, desire, physiological need, or similar impulse that triggers action. It provides the energy for behavior and directs it towards a specific goal. In everyday experience, we think of motive as the reason for a certain course of action. Usually, a motive gives expression to some need, driver goal. Hence, a motive may be anything which energizes us towards an activity. Motives cannot be observed directly. Unless the motives are shared in words, they can only be inferred. A large part of understanding people involves understanding their motives. Most often, the motives behind an action are multiple and multi-layered. What I mean by that is sometimes there are motives behind motives. For example, a person might point out a mistake you have made, embarrassing you in front of everyone. Their motive might be to make people around them seem less intelligent than they are. But behind this motive, there might be a desire to protect their own deficits from being exposed by putting the intention on someone else. And behind this, they might be desperately trying to preserve some sense of worth by maintaining a facade that they are fault-free. When attempting to figure out the motives of another, it's best to look for multiple reasons. Often the word just can be a warning bell that we are viewing motives too narrowly. To tell someone that they just want any one thing, maybe that they just want attention, for example, assumes that you know their motives better than they do. And to tell them that they just want oversimplifies them. Everyone feels insulted, minimized, hurt, and offended when they are oversimplified or have incorrect, assu- uh, incorrect assumptions and judgments made about their motives. Don't we feel that way when it's done to us? And others will feel the same if we misjudge their motives. To help someone feel understood and thereby help them feel less alone, try to understand their motives. Don't make assumptions. Don't judge what they tell you. Most people will explain their motives to you if they don't feel judged and afraid of disapproval or rejection. You can really get to know someone by understanding all of their various motivations. But if you start judging them, they will eventually stop sharing things with you. Similarly, when people do not understand our motives, we can feel more alone and isolated. It has been suggested that motives boil down to a few basic themes. So let's go over them now. Theme one, to achieve or to compete. So if a motive is to achieve, it's to test yourself against the environment and to attain high standards or excellence. 
Another motive is to acquire, to have money, goods, social status, possessions. To belong, to bond, to enter into relationship and to be connected, not for gain or influence, but to feel part of a cohesive group or community. Sometimes the motive is to influence others, to affect or impact another person. Another motive is to learn, to satisfy our curiosity, to understand the world around us. Another motive could also be to master, to control situations and people, or to defend, to guard yourselves, your family and friends, and your valued accomplishments against external threats, or to depend, to trust and rely on others and to be taken care of. So we have some motives here. I'm going to review them one more time. To achieve, to acquire, to belong, to influence, to learn, to master, to defend, and to depend. Just give a moment right now and think about what is your motive for listening to this podcast. Is it to learn? Is it to acquire, to achieve? What's my motive for creating the podcast? To influence others? To learn? Right? To achieve. If you are having difficulty figuring out the motives of another person, it may help to reflect on this basic list for clues as to what may be motivating them. You can find more information about an individual's motives simply by looking up books about human behavior. Oftentimes, the information that we need about motives and attitudes of other people and understanding relationships are more tucked away in realms outside of mental illness. So let's look at another aspect that provides some clues about possible reasons for an individual's actions, and that would be attitudes. An attitude is more than just a particular belief we have about something or someone. It is a collection of beliefs that are organized into, let's say, an overall judgment about people, objects, or experiences. Attitudes show in the way a person thinks about something, feels towards it, and acts around it or towards it. Attitudes influence the way we understand things. They're like a pair of glasses that tint our perception of the world. Just as two people with different colored sunglasses will see colors around them differently, so different attitudes result in different responses to the same thing. So, for example, if, you know, for yellow and red glasses, if both look at a blue object, one will see a green object and the other a purple object. Makes sense, right? With different colored sunglasses, it's usually obvious why the object will look different. So people usually don't argue over the colors they see. They just remove their glasses and they check it out. But with attitudes, we might not be aware how they are shaping our perception. And so unquestioned and unaware attitudes usually lead to misunderstandings. While we are forming an opinion about something, we're pretty open to new information. But once we've made up our mind it is very hard for new information to change our decision. And any information received after making our decision is evaluated in a biased way. For example, we'll accept things that agree with our decision 
and then we'll view things that disagree with it with skepticism. And attitudes become stronger the more we use them and the more we talk about them. As our attitudes become stronger, we are more likely to use the attitude to evaluate new experiences rather than use the new experiences to evaluate the attitude. This can ultimately make us resistant to changing our attitude, for we interpret new information to fit our attitude. So if we have a fixed negative attitude toward recovery, and then we meet someone who is in recovery, who successfully recovered, who wants to provide hope, we're more likely to excuse that as an exception rather than challenge our attitude. Hmm. Does that sound familiar to anyone? The attitude you hold towards someone will then go on and it will bias your perception of their interactions with them. You're more likely to notice information that supports your attitude and you are more likely to interpret neutral information in a biased way that supports your attitude. So this is how attitudes continually impact relationships with people in your life, understanding the colored glasses that you and other people bring to interactions is an important part of understanding relationships with people, and it takes a lot of honest self-reflection. These glasses may prevent you from seeing the mind of others. Because our attitudes express the sense we have made of our world, we often feel them to be a truth that shouldn't be questioned. Our attitudes, which if we define attitudes, they are our personal feelings and interpretation toward objects, people, and events in the real world, express a sort of special relationship with the real world, that there is an agreement between what we feel reality to be and what reality really is. However, these same objects, people, and events are part of other people's minds, and these other people might have different attitudes towards these things. Maybe they have different realities. So as a consequence, it can be very frightening or threatening when attitudes clash. In effect, it can be experienced as a challenge that one's grasp of reality is in question. And that's a scary experience, right? So to avoid this fearful experience, people sometimes act as if their reality is the only reality. They assume that everyone shares that attitude. Or to avoid the threat on their grasp of reality, some people experience a need for everyone to have the same attitude as them, and they force their attitudes on others. Either of these reactions is a failure to mentalize the mind of another or to understand another person's mind. So if our own attitudes feel to us, quote-unquote, the way the world is, how can we understand the minds of others without losing our own mind? That's an interesting paradox, right? I'll say it again. If our own attitudes feel to us the way the world is, how can we understand the minds of others without losing our own mind? The answer to this paradox lies in understanding that our interpretation of the world is very selective. There is so much information bombarding us that we have to pay more attention to some information and less to other information. If you remember, if you've ever taken a, a cognitive psychology class, your brain can only hold seven plus or minus two pieces of information at one time. And if we look at a given day, we are receiving, the world is trying to get us to receive much more information than that. So if we always waited to form an opinion, only when we had all the information 
at hand, we could never act in a purposeful way. Knowing that we form our opinions on very selective information and that everyone is also very selective, we can see that different people might pay attention to a different selection of information, and because of that, they're going to form different opinions. But each of those individuals will feel that their grasp of reality is the correct one. So when you encounter a different attitude or a different grasp on reality, see if you can learn about the mind of the other person by exploring what information they attend to in making their attitude. That is, I want you to try to be inquisitive about differences. Because when you're inquisitive about differences, you have begun the journey to get to the heart of mindsight or mentalizing. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening to this series about mentalizing. If you want more information or if you would like to speak with me about mentalizing and how to apply it to your own individual life, you can reach out to us at www.skeetersstrength.com. Click on schedule a session and you'll have access to my scheduling calendar. In addition, you can give us a call at 844-984-7483. That's 844-9-THRIVE. Next week, I'm going to start to talk about seasonal affective disorder as the seasons are changing here and throughout the world. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. That was From Borderline the Beautiful, a production of Skeeter's Strength Mindset Coaching Systems. We help frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at skeetersstrength.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or any app you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message. Some of you had some comments and questions from last episode, so let's hear them. I'd love to hear whatever questions you have too. Just download that Anchor mobile app, search for From Borderline to Beautiful, and tap the message button to send me a voice message. So, if you like this podcast, not only can you download that Anchor app, but you can help us get this message out to so many more people. Head over to Apple and offer us that five-star rating and let me know what you're thinking about some of our material. The more stars and higher rating we get, the more people will have access to From Borderline to Beautiful, hope and help for individuals with BPD. BPD.